0: Welcome brethren, Uh, welcome to everyone who is here, welcome to those who are not here but who are with us anyway. We are very happy to have you. Um, I have several opening thoughts um, or several statements to read for my opening thought. to understand what our work is about and our message. There are many prerequisites, and one of the most fundamental prerequisites is our view of how we um, receive um, guidance from the Lord. There's all sorts of ideas of how to receive guidance. Uh, one of the lesser uh, good ideas, actually a bad idea, is to open the Bible at random uh, and and just see what kind of, of um, um, random statement you read and get something from that. It is a form of divination, brethren. It is not approved and it is not the way the Lord would have us uh, uh, behave. And there's many other ideas out there about how the Lord would guide us. Some people have dreams and they will go by that. And um, there are other ideas besides. And God himself has told us how he will guide us in the Bible. Amos 3, 7, surely the Lord will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Now, God is going to do something. We live at the end of time. Mostly, we just know that from from faith, from the message. But we can even look around at us. Around As I was walking over here, I was thinking, uh, more trees probably going to die this summer, as usual. (laughs) We're going to have more. Instead of having the old-time Missouri climate, that was a a good climate for trees and gardening and farming and so on. We're gonna have a long, hot, dry summer. And it's happening that drought is a big thing right now over the Western part of the United States. And you know, it's probably not going to get better uh, in our experience. We live in a time when things are coming unhinged. The world literally is coming unhinged. In different ways. Uh, from a scientific point of view, there are a lot of people out there who worry about the end of the world. Uh, and from a scientific point of view, something called the singularity. And if you have never heard of that word before, you are blessed. <laughs> but um, the singularity is something that is very real to many people out there. And it's actually a real genuine concept, which all it says is progress is going to increase so rapidly that pretty soon progress is increasing so rapidly that pretty soon uh, things just go strange. And beyond that point, you can't say what happens because everything is increasing so fast that there is no understanding uh, for us today uh, what strangeness and craziness will happen after that point. And uh, many people are already jockey- jockeying uh, uh, for position in the singularity. Okay, we have um, a control, uh, uh, I should say. And we're, uh, I'm not going to go further on that, but this is a real thing, and very wealthy, very um, um, very knowledgeable uh, people are jockeying for position already. It's, it's a very bad thing. The Lord has a plan, though, and so he is not going to implement his plan without telling us, even if it was the end of the world for some other reason, he would still tell us. He would reveal it. He is a good and just God. He does not lie to us in the Bible and say, I will not have anything happen without telling you, and then break his word. He will tell us. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight. And behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Malachi 3, one. This is a prediction of the judgment of the Lord. The Lord is going to come to his temple in judgment. If, if we were to read the whole study, the whole uh, um, uh, prophecy, but we are all for, uh, mostly familiar with this. But he has promised to tell us, and he did tell us here, I will send my messenger. Beloved, try not, uh, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. First John 4-1. Now, Davidians are very good at listening to prophets. In fact, in some cases, we are too good. But we are instructed to try the prophets. Listen, check. Don't just swallow everything. The Lord has given us instructions on what we should do, what what we need to know He has told us, and uh, if we pay attention to the things that He has told us, it will protect us from many false prophets. Now we believe that Ellen G. White, uh, the author of the what we call the spirit of prophecy, uh, was a prophet of God. And we have many reasons for believing that, many good reasons for believing that. But we're not going to go into a study about the spirit of prophecy, but I just want to read uh, uh, this statement. Each of the ancient prophets spoke less for their own time than for ours, so that their prophesying is in force for us. That's so interesting. It's interesting. It's also a little scary, brethren. The Lord is going to suddenly come to his temple. He is going to come in judgment. In the scriptures are presented truths that relate especially to our own time. And there's many other reasons we believe these things are true. Many, many reasons. But uh, time is running out for this world. It doesn't matter which way you're looking at it. Time is running out. We have the first of perhaps, unfortunately, uh, other um, pandemics uh, that may have been partly man-created. Uh, they have gone back and forth and lied both, in both directions on these things. Uh, if we believe the Chinese government today, we will be searching for uh, American scientists who have created this pandemic. If we believe the American government, we will be searching for Chinese scientists. I suspect they're both telling the truth. Uh, but whatever the truth is, uh, we are—it is well within our capability to do this. They were suspected of doing a type of research called gain-of-function research. It's a wicked, sinful con- uh, phrase. It should have never, ever been done. Uh, they're not suspected by the way, they are known to be doing that. And and this government, our, 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 our government is known to have paid the Wuhan lab a good little bit of money to do that research after Congress closed down uh, the loophole in this country for that gain of function research. And it means just what you think it means. It means taking a dangerous virus and making it better or worse. And it's very insane. And there's more, much more to come out on these things, brethren, just how soon the governments will uh, tell a little bit of truth on these things, I don't know. But keep in mind that even right now, today, the Chinese government is pushing the theory that the United States is deeply involved in these things while we are starting to push the theory that they are involved in it. It's just a, A crazy, degenerate, mad time that we live in, brethren. That's all it is. And it only gets worse between here and the end. Every In every way, it gets worse. And that's why God has a plan. He does have a plan. He does have a way of dealing with the situation. So, before we continue, let's have a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you are a loving and uh, good Father to uh, us, your children. We thank you that you have promised uh, to do nothing without uh, telling us uh, what you're going to do. We thank you for the message that we have today. We thank you for the third angels, uh, the three angels' messages that we have. And we thank you for uh, the special truth that we also have. And we pray that today that we will be open-minded, that we will uh, be blessed by the things that we hear and that each one of us will uh, take these things to heart. That We live in very serious times and that we no longer have the option of going on as usual as we have for so many years. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. So we are at Venice, of course, and um, we have um, watched how the Adventist work has been going on over the years. And I think all of us probably have been very impressed with the work that has been done in the church. Maybe we are impressed by what we have accomplished here. Um... Don't be impressed by what we have accomplished here at all. And don't be impressed by what um, the church is in, in accomplishing. Now, God is working and God is leading and always we give God the credit. But it's not the way you think it is, not the way you have been led to believe. This is a chart that was prepared with the help of a uh, of an ex-Davidian sister actually named Carol Proctor. I cut that part off there, I didn't say that part, but I'm pretty sure that that Carol Proctor is uh, the young lady that was at Mount Carmel and married Stoy Proctor. But anyway, um, this is a, a chart of um, growth here. And um, we see um, the, the increase, the daily um, conversions to the um, church and we see a trend we can see a a a curve there in our minds and and uh, one thing that is curious to me is the 2005 to 2009 number and it seems to me that they have exactly the same number for daily extensions uh, uh uh for that and um That is some kind of rounding error there uh, or rounding, not error, but um, uh, it doesn't uh, in some ways make sense. But but here's the point. The point is, is that you might think that almost 3,000 people a day is a lot of people coming to the church, but it's not. First, remember that many people are dying every day. Second, remember that how many people are being born into the world every day? 385,000 approximately. You are proud to hear about 3,000 people joining the church? Well, 385,000 were born that day. Now, what does that mean? It means that we are not making great progress, okay? In fact, here's the trend line right here. Uh, In 50 years, uh, the trend line went from uh, about 300 to 3,000. And in another 50 years, we will have another chunk of that um, 385,000 births a day uh, taken care of. But the births may increase, they may increase too. So um, are we running so fast? Are we really doing such a great job? No, we aren't. And it is, uh, self, um, deceit when the church tells you that, uh, tells themselves that, and I don't want us to be deceived. And we are doing even, uh, even, uh, poorer than the church, we Davidians. Seventh day Adventist, um, statistics, uh, world statistics in, uh, end of 2019. So, um, the total membership there was 21,556,000, and I'm going to just round it off at that number from now on, uh, at that digit, and um, 21 million uh, and a half in 2000 and, and um, end of uh, the beginning of 2020. Now, one number that really caught my eye was the number of ordained ministers, 20,000. 802 they're doing a lot with 20,800 ministers and we we teach the message teaches that there will be 144,000 ordained ministers when uh, this work goes live for the world if the Adventists are doing as much as they are doing with 20,000 ministers think how much uh, God can accomplish with 144,000, okay? That's a real thing. And that, by the way, and that has to be because as we're seeing here, the church is not accomplishing the work. They simply are not accomplishing the work. So uh, this is the 2020 uh, statistical report. They don't have this year's uh, report finished, but if we look at 2015, the number of uh, Adventists was 19 million uh not too far off from um uh, 20, uh, million, 21 million. If you look at uh, uh, as we've already said in 2019, it's 21 uh, million, uh um, and 56, in let me get some markers up here. Okay, so um and in 2018, uh, it's 21,414, not a whole lot of difference. The trend line is flattening. It is flattening. So we all our uh, vaunted progress in the church, all the people coming in, so many people coming in, the, the trend line is flattening, brethren. It is not what they're telling you. And if we go the way the way we are going, it's going to be not just another 50 years. Okay, 50 years is not going to get us there. Okay, so this is losses. Um, the losses uh, have been uh, quite remarkable. Inter-American losses for 2019, they say here, was 19 percent i don't understand that Um, the south american losses was 14 percent. southern asia uh, no 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 i'm I'm reading that completely wrong it just shows you this percentage of the world total but it does show where the uh, the losses are coming from and uh, there is um, this is the number that we want to pay attention to 1,107,000 losses for 2019. And they have an explanation, of course, COVID. And that's quite possibly true. You have people who are so weakly attached to the church that COVID is enough to shake them out. Uh, And so uh, that is um, their explanation. And uh, I, I accept that. But the point is that they had Huge losses, not exactly what you are being told, and um, so in um, two thousand and twenty, the total uh, for, um, uh, for the total of two thousand and twenty uh, is twenty one million seven hundred and twenty three, and we've already saw that the total for the end of two thousand nineteen is. Um, 2,556, very small gain. At that rate, if we were to use that growth rate, they would we are actually going backward in terms of the world population, very rapidly shrinking in terms relative to the number, to the growth of the world's population. So yes, that curve flattens out quite a bit up here past where this particular uh, report, um, I didn't didn't graph the other information. I made this little half-baked graph, but it's the real information. And um, uh, it would be interesting to stretch it out into the future, but I didn't have time to calculate. It's not very much calculation, but uh, to see where we reach the whole world. But at this rate, it's a long ways out there. What's going to happen? We have the world coming into a crisis mode that has never been in before. We have everyone almost who, can t- who, who, who is aware of what is going on, realizing that things are breaking down. The wheels are coming off. Even from a scientific point of view, uh, there is some very uh, strange and dangerous things going on and uh from a religious point of view uh, does anyone doubt that we live in the last days the wickedness that we see the wickedness that we see today encouraged and pumped into our living rooms by the by the television is uh putting sodom to shame when they start um surgically mutilating children little children and using powerful hormones on them there's there's some serious wickedness going on in this country forget about the 55 million babies that we killed in abortions now we're uh, we're we are we are doing this to children and the wickedness of this country is 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 very very great brethren and the world too and the cup is full, and time is running out, and the church is not accomplishing the things that it's supposed to accomplish. Revelation 18. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory, and he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. Revelation 18. 1 and and verse 2, first part. So we have the three angels, but there is a prophecy, a prediction, that another mighty angel is going to join them. And Sister White explains it. I in a in a early vision that she had she says then i saw another mighty angel commissioned to descend to earth to unite his voice with the third angel is that a new angel to uh, bring a totally different message and uh, just wipe away the th- uh, three angels no it's come to join and that's why we are at Venice to unite his voice with the third angel message, the third angel, sorry, and give power and force to his message. Early Writings, page 277. Okay, so um, it is predicted by Re- uh, by John in Revelation 18 and by Sister White, who we also believe to be inspired, that uh, there's going to be another mighty angel. Why? because we don't have another 50 years to finish the work or half finished the work. Time is really running out, brethren. We're not saying a time, a date, by the way. All we know is uh, God is not giving us 50 years or 75 more years to finish the work. That curve, that trend line uh, goes on and on and on. If every nothing happens, The Adventists are going to be doing great. We're doing great Uh, every Sabbath for another 75 years, okay? But it isn't true, not in the sense of actually reaching everyone. And so God had a plan all along. He knew, of course, what was going to happen. And Sister White says, this message seemed to be an addition to the third angel's message. This message seemed to be a replacement no, it's an addition. Joining it as the midnight cry joined the second angel's message in 1844. The two together, in, uh, coming together, that adds power and force to the uh, three angels' message, the work of the three angels. Now, why is it even necessary for this mighty angel to join? There's a reason, and this reason applies to us, brethren. It applies to us first. This is uh, from the Review and Herald, 1902. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou hast fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. Now after quoting this, Sister White says, I am instructed to say that these words are applicable to the Seventh-day Adventist churches in their present condition. So the Seventh-day Adventists have a problem. We too, we're Seventh-day Adventists, we have a problem, brethren. The love of God has been lost. And this means the absence of love for one another. She ties that together and correctly so. If we do not love each other, we don't love the Lord. You cannot um, have a true love for the Lord and not love your brothers and sisters and show it. Some people, they have it deep in their heart, so deep that it never shows. Okay. And it doesn't count either with the Lord. If it's not real, brethren, he can see. Self, self, uh, 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 let me, let me go back up. The love of God has been lost. And this means the absence of love for one another. Self, self, self is cherished and is striving for the supremacy. How long is this to continue? Unless there is a reconversion, there will soon be such a lack of godliness that the church will be represented by the barren fig tree. Now, that's not a good thing, actually, because what happened to the barren fig tree? It was cut down and cast into the furnace, yes. And the Lord wants to do something about that. He doesn't want his church to be scattered, disorganized, burned up. Uh, used up, he wants it to do the work that he has given it, which is to preach the gospel in all the world. And that is our job to, uh, to be preaching the gospel, to be, uh, furthering, uh, the, the work of the Lord. And why? Why should we care? Why do we care? It's we care because this sorry, sad, Degenerate old world is not our true home. We need to be about our father's business so we can all go home. 6,000 years of sin has brought sickness, pain, and death, and it has brought it for the whole universe to see. Satan lied. He said that God was a tyrant. He was unjust. And so God let him show the whole universe what would happen. And what happened was just misery and pain and death. Until we learn to love the Lord and our fellow brethren the way the Lord has commanded us, we will be stuck in this world or in the grave, one or the other. And uh, I, this if you take away nothing today, take away that thought, brethren. It is either up or out for us. Either we accept the Lord's command to love our brother and sister as ourselves and to love him before anything else. Or we are going to stay right where we are, maybe six foot under, but we are going to stay here. Never has the world's need for teaching and healing been greater than it is today. The world is full of those who need to be ministered to—unto the weak, the helpless, the ignorant, the degraded. The continual transgression of man for nearly six thousand years has brought sickness, pain, and death its, as its fruits. And um, as CT four sixty-seven, Sister White. Now, it is all true. That's what has happened. But God does have a plan, and we are his plan, brethren. It is us who he wants to make a difference. But self, self, self prevents us from doing the work that he wants us to do. You have a team of oxen that is coming between you and the work that the Lord has given you? The message predicts 144,000 ordained ministers finishing the work with power and force. Men and women wondered at such as never been seen before in this earth's history, even the apostles. And if that 144,000 group of ordained ministers comes together, they will do what the 20,000 Adventist ministers are failing to do. When we as a people truly reform and rededicate ourselves to God, the church will recover its full strength and we will all go home. That is uh, my heading, but it's so um, so true and it's what the message teaches. Brethren and sisters, from the light given me, I know that if the people of God had preserved a living connection with him, if they had obeyed his word, they would today be in the heavenly Canaan. General Conference Bulletin, uh, March 30, 1903. Now, we believe that Sister White was inspired. She was a prophet. She was telling us uh, the straight information from God. People kind of got sidetracked, they got cold, they got weary along the way, and self, self, self came up. And we have a piece of property, we have a, um, uh, we've just married, we've just done this, we've done that, and we can't quite get it together right this minute, but pretty soon I'm going to put away self and dedicate myself to the, uh, to the Lord and this is what happened to them, and we are in danger of having this happen to us. It is critical that a reformation take place in our lives and in our churches. God calls for a spiritual revival and a spiritual reformation. Unless this takes place, those who are lukewarm will continue to grow more abhorrent to the Lord until he will refuse to acknowledge them as his children. And this was written um, over 100, almost 120 years ago, 119 years ago. And, and this is the reason Sister White um, gives uh, for the weakness in the church. envy, Envy, evil surmising, backbiting, and fault-finding. Let these not be named among Christ's disciples. These are the... Th- These things are the cause of the present feebleness of the church. We're supposed to be brothers and sisters. We're supposed to be the family of God. We we call each other brother and sister. We need to truly be brother and sister and, and have that same regard for each other that we have for our real brothers and sisters, at least. Our spiritual uh, family should be even closer, and you cannot have that regard for people that you are busy criticizing um, uh, fault finding condemning and 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 trashing generally cannot do that we cannot be the people of God we cannot do his work and so uh, we as a people, the whole Christians in general, Adventists in particular, Davidians right here at Bayesian, first of all, we have to understand this and we have to be um, uh, uh, make a decision that we're not going to continue one moment longer. We don't want to be in this situation. And it's not even safe, brethren, because Sister White says that we our fate will be the fate of the barren fig tree if we continue. Now, this is jumping ahead to what the Lord wants to accomplish and how. Search heaven and earth and there's no truth revealed more powerful than that which made is made manifest in works of mercy to those who need our sympathy and aid. This is the truth as it is in Jesus when those who profess the name of Christ shall practice the principles of the golden rule, the same power will attend the gospel as in apostolic times. Now, we know that the in apostolic times, there was great, they preached the word with great power and conviction and effect. And many, many came in. The message, the, the gospel spread, Rapidly, all over in a short time and without modern transportation and communication. Now, this same power is promised to attend to our work. And we are told what the price is. It's a high price. Self, self, self is in the way. Uh, I understand and I, I have thought about this meant a, a lot. I am not, it's, all of us are in the same situation. We're not all, we're not naturally, uh, oh, I love you, brethren. You are my, uh, uh, dearest, dearest, uh, brothers and sisters. Yes, I do love people and I'm learning and you are learning also, but we are not where we need to be. None of us are. And we don't have 50 years to get there. Not one of us has 50 years to get there. And we need to learn that until we have that love for our brothers and sisters, genuine love, genuine concern, that self has been left behind, finally, once and for all, until we do that, we are not going to receive the apostolic power that we must have. We're not the great uh, wondered people today. We're not making a big, powerful difference in the third angel's message today. We don't have 144,000 ordained ministers today. And it's because we won't let go of who we are. We, we, There's always a tendency to uh, whoever you are, you see yourself in the mirror, both the physical mirror and your mental mirror. You want to hold on to that person. You want to conserve who you are. And uh, there is a certain point in our spiritual growth where we have to let go of who we were in order to become who the Lord wants us to be. And it's well worth it, brethren, because he wants us to be something very, very special. So Sister White says that Elijah represents those who are to finish the work. And he was quite a remarkable person uh, uh, in many ways, as we all know. Those who are to prepare the way for the second coming of Christ are represented by faithful Elijah as John came in the spirit of uh, Elijah to prepare the way for Christ's first advent. And now just as John came to prepare the way for Christ anciently, uh, we today, uh, representing Elijah of old, uh, are to prepare the way for his second coming. And she's making a connection there, a typological connection between uh, Elijah of old and us today. Why? Because there is a, a prophetic connection. Here's a prediction from a prophet, a proven prophet too. Prophecy must be fulfilled. The Lord says, behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Somebody is to come in the spirit and power of Elijah. And when he appears, men may say, you are too earnest. You do not interpret the scriptures in the proper way. Let me tell you how to teach your message. Now, this prophecy must be fulfilled, Sister White says. It hadn't been fulfilled with her yet. It was going to be fulfilled. Somebody is to come. She was already there. And when he appears, people are going to say, you're too earnest. They didn't say that about Sister White. Uh, Sister White was, had troubles and uh, problems. But overall, she was accepted and revered and looked up to. And, and rightly so, too. But the real Elijah will be criticized. There will be people telling him how to uh, give his message. Another thought she had on this was from the Review and Herald, June 25, uh, 1901. The message God sends through his prophets will be, sorry, through his servants, will be scorned and derided by unfaithful shepherds. What are shepherds? Shepherds are ministers. Okay. Unfaithful ministers who tread down with their feet, the feed of the pastures, giving the flock as food that which they have defiled. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Now, there's some things here that at first glance, like what is she saying? They didn't say that about her, and it's true. It doesn't, it's not about her, it's about this Elijah that men are wanting to tell him how to do his work, to tell him to teach his message. And uh, she predicts that the unfaithful shepherds will tread down with their feet the feed of the pastures. Pastures, two, two or more, they're going to tread down the, uh, path, the the feed of the pastures. In 1930, a message came, a book was written. It was called The Shepherd's Rod. It is the only Shepherd's Rod book that was ever uh, uh, published in the um, Synthet Adventist Church. And until recently, it was only... Uh, shepherd's rod message, period, in the world. And uh, Micah 6, 9 says, The Lord's voice crieth unto the city, and the man of wisdom shall see thy name. Uh, hear ye the rod, and who hath appointed it. Micah 6, 9. So until that book was published, until that message was published in the Adventist church, it never had ever uh, and, uh, no one had ever been asked to hear the rod. And uh, it was fulfilled 1930 in Los Angeles, California. Now, Micah 7.14 says, Feed thy people with thy rod, the flock of thine heritage, which dwells solitarily in the wood in the midst of Carmel. Now, keep in mind that we read earlier that the unfaithful shepherds are are going to tread down with their feet, the feed of the pastures. Two pastures, their feed is going to be tread down. What are they feeding on? Feed thy people with thy rod. The the Bible, Micah predicts that uh, God's people are going to be fed uh, on the rod. And Sister White predicts that unfaithful uh, pastors are going to uh tread down that feed, that they're going to scorn uh the the truth that comes from Carmel but it didn't just say carmel it said pastures two pastures it, it's the feed of carmel and another pasture and that was also fulfilled that third promise let them feed in bashan Micah 7:14 goes on to say as in the days of old so this message shows that Micah has predicted Sister White has predicted these places there would have a certain reception, lots of people would be really impressed and join in right away. Is that what it says? No, that's not what she said. They're going to be that's going to be scornful of the pasture. They're going to be critical of the pasture, and Micah himself says let them feed in bashan why would you say let them you say let me go let me do something because someone is holding you back someone is preventing you and so there's lots of people today who are being told don't feed in bashan but god says let them feed in bashan listen to god don't listen to man let them feed in Bashan as in the days of old. And that, brethren, is a, just one of a number of other prophecies that have been fulfilled before our eyes. And we Davidians are just as hard-hearted as Israel of old because some really interesting, uh, in some ways, far-out prophecy has been fulfilled over the years. And nobody sat down and said, I'm going to fulfill this and this and this because it didn't work like that. Brother Hadith says he didn't even know about Carmel before he was there. And you, uh, Brother Hadith never said anything about Bashan. So he did not put all this thing, all these things together and plan it out so that we could say, look, brethren, at all this fulfilled prophecy. It was not done that way. It was all done in the mind of God. And there's a lot more to say on this, brethren. But um, two pastures... Good feed, what feed? Feed thy people with thy rod. The only rod that has come to God's people. It makes it very easy to understand. Sometimes God has lines up things in such a direct way that we may be surprised. We don't have to search and uh, analyze dozens of rod books in order to know which is the rod. There is one rod. That's it. And it's the same thing with Bashan, brethren. Uh, there is one Bashan. There are no other Bashans. And there is one predicted, prophesied, uh, Davidian Sempti Adventist Association. It was predicted in 1943. It didn't exist in reality. And in all the world today, there is only one actual association that from 1961 to this day has existed, called the Davidian Semte Adventist Association. You don't have to look and analyze and wonder. All you have to do is believe the prediction that was made in 1943 in black and white. That's not our subject, but that is um, a, a The way we teach Bashan, uh, we teach it as fulfilled prophecy. It's all already happened. And God is leading his people on while the unfaithful shepherds are um, today still encouraging uh, people to tread down the feed of the pastures, the rod. Now, Sister White tells us that in the end times, peculiar and rapid changes will soon take place. Did they happen yet in the church? Has that happened? Peculiar changes in some ways, but negative. (laughs) But she's not talking about uh, a, a negative thing. She's talking about a positive spiritual revival and reformation will uh, peculiar and rapid changes will soon take place and God's people are to be endowed with the Holy Spirit so that with heavenly wisdom, they may meet the emergencies of this age. And as far as possible, counteract the demoralizing movements of the world. It is a demoralizing time. It is a time when people lose faith. They lose hope. They become discouraged. What is going to happen? Well, what is really going to happen is God has a special people. Look around you and you will see, uh, that special uh, the people that he has. Now, we don't, as we look around, we don't know if we don't see ourselves, by the way, and we don't know if we're going to be part of that, but look around that God does have a special people. And we want to be part of it too, brethren, who are going to undergo Peculiar and rapid changes. And I can promise you that she is right. God is right. Uh, There are going to be peculiar and rapid changes. Remember this. But for the good. And uh, what it is, is we have to have Christ-like love for God and for our fellow man. Whenever Christ is lifted up, he draws all those who are honest to him. He draws the good to him. We cannot draw the evil to good, but they are repelled. But when Christ is lifted up in our lives, it can't help but draw all of the good in, in the church, in Davidia, in mankind to him. That's the secret of how the work is going to be finished. We don't finish the work with our, just by uh, mighty efforts with our, our, uh, 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 in our own self. We finish it because Christ is in us in a way that has not been seen since apostolic times. And with Him, uh, literally shining out from us, that is an irresistible attract- attraction to all the good people who come in contact with us. And there's much more to it, but that is, uh, the, the God's pet plan. Now, Bashan teaches that we, and this is my closing thought, brethren, Bashan teaches that we should constantly strive to upgrade both our physical health and our mental and spiritual health. Peculiar changes, brethren, are coming. Not everyone's going to run with the, uh, I, I, I like to change that in my own head bowl and say, run with the footmen, uh, because some people have a hard time keeping up with the footmen already. But uh, we have to be able to run with the horsemen. Things are going to change. We have to move fast. Uh, I used to run uh, uh, when I was younger, somewhat, I still occasionally do. And I was always impressed with Elijah. He was able to run ahead of the chariot, (laughs) okay? And uh, while we don't have to make a literal rule for ourselves out of that, Uh, He was a man who could keep up with the horsemen. And uh, brethren, we have lots of things that we have to keep up with. It's going to come fast and furious. Bashan teaches that we should constantly strive to upgrade both our physical health and our mental and spiritual health. We all need to have calm, balanced, and healthy minds. Why? Because when you are in the middle of the battle, with things flying at you from every direction, you have to be cool and calm. The the Lord never lost his head. He never uh, lost self-control. He was always on message, on target, doing his father's bidding. And we have to be like that. If we care more about our God-given work than our self, 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 we're not going to be distracted. We're not going to be turn aside, but we do have to have that foundation to build on, that calm, um, clear, um, balanced, healthy mind and body. Our ideas, orientations, habits, and practices all need to be based on the Denic ideals that the rod is restoring, not on the world's ideas, and it's not how it is in reality, brethren, we have lots of worldly assumptions in the back of our heads and sometimes in the forefront too. Systematically, you need to be uh, able to get rid of these things. The things that we believe in, that we learned from the world, uh, we must be willing to correct. They're dear ideas sometimes, but if they're not God's ideas, we have to let them go. It's harder for most people to unlearn things than to learn things. And we do have a lot to unlearn and and not much time. We can all change and grow into a better, more perfect reflection of Christ if we are willing to pay the price. The price is learning new things and, in particular, unlearning old things so as to bring ourselves into complete harmony with the message of Elijah. That is the the requirement, that is the key. Not somebody else's message, someone else's ideas. It is the message of Elijah that is going to restore the Edenic ideal. We are doing that step by step. Let me give you an example. The message is restoring the ideal relationship between men and women. Uh, For 6,000 years, almost, Um, women have had a subservient position. And for a good reason, the Lord said so. But now the Lord has said that that will not be, the message teaches, equality. Did you know that? I know you know that. The uh, the message teaches ordained uh, uh, women in the ministry, priesthood. Did you know that? I know you know that. The women as well as men are going to be part of the 144,000 if we are faithful. Now, that is something this message is restoring. That's, our, that's the job of this Elijah message is to restore every single thing that was lost in Eden. Step by step. And that is one of the things that Brother Hadith started uh, the... Um, the process of restoration in. And he explicitly says that. Now, the reason I'm mentioning all this is that that goes against the grain for some people. Not everyone was going to keep up with the horsemen on that. We don't want anyone to fall behind. When it comes to a choice between our ideas and uh, the Lord's ideas, this should not be hard, truly. We must must be uh, able to say this. I've always believed this. This is my feeling. This is my upbringing. But I see what the Lord has said about this. I see that this is what the message is teaching. And I I will run with this. I will accept this. I will move forward. This is what we want to say together, all of us. We don't want anyone to be left behind. Now, some people are going to leave themselves behind there are going to be those who are shaken out. Never brother, never women's place. No, not going to accept that. We're sorry for that. And we want to do our very best for our brothers and sisters who may have a problem with that. But uh, in the end, um, uh, the movement goes forward. The Israel is moving forward. And if we want to be sulky and not move with the, with the body of Israel, we will be left behind. We will be shaken out. Many are going to be shaken out, brethren. And individually, we need to love those brethren and cherish those brethren. But collectively, we need to know that the Lord is working. He has a reason for everything. And it is. it may be that the body will be stronger uh, by, by the shaking out of those who are not ready. Or will not uh, allow them, the Lord, to make themselves ready. So, uh, the price is learning new things, and in particular, unlearning old things, so that as to bring ourselves into complete um, harmony with the message of Elijah. Now, our rules, uh, our our law, comes from the message, uh, and uh, one of our fundamental principles. Uh, the message calls for um, today is the need for teachers. What the world needs today is not preachers, but teachers who can teach with one hand and use the pick or shovel with the other hand. Neither is the world in need of men angling for Moses and for Aaron's office, but it is in dire need of men who can take orders and successfully carry them through. Men who dare face the giant, the lion, and the bear, men who dare be heroes for God, men wondered at, men with unfailing faith and unlimited patience, believing that God himself is steering the ship and that therefore there can be no failure. The, word cert- the world certainly needs men like Noah Moses, David, Ezra, Nehemiah, and a great deal of Job's. 1TG 9, page 12. What the world, what Bashan needs today is teachers. We have schools that need teachers. We uh, we, we, um, don't need preachers today. Well, we need to be able to preach, brethren, but we need to be able to do a lot more than just preach. Brother Hadiff used the symbolism of a pick and shovel in, the, in our hand with the Bible in the other. We need to be able to be practical uh, people, to accomplish things, to manage uh, a set of uh, a, 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 a part of the work. Uh, we are in the process of setting up uh regional um, um centers um headquarters around the world but you we need people to man those headquarters we need people who are able to manage the work there who have good judgment common sense and who understand business methods and management and we have to be able to do those things and so we need more we need to be more than preachers we cannot just be preachers we need to be managers we need to be builders uh, we need to be teachers and, uh, there, what is holding up to work today? Many different things, uh, we could have more of, but do you know what is the real and only holdup in our expansion right now? People. That's all. That's all. We need to have qualified, dedicated people. We have people who, uh, sometimes offer themselves to the Lord on a qualified basis. It's like, yes, I will give myself to the Lord as long as I can do X, Y, and Z or not do X, Y, and Z or whatever. And imagine that there was an army like that. Uh, We used to have, when I was a young man in the military, we used to have soldiers that had uh, mild health conditions. They would have what is called a profile paper from the medic. And it would say, uh, uh, Tom Smith uh, should not be forced to uh, wear boots right now, he has a problem with his foot. Okay, so he couldn't march or whatever, you know? And uh, it was supposed to be temporary, but the profile artists would always have reasons why they could not do what everyone else was doing. I don't know what they call it these days, or uh, if they they miraculously no longer have people like that in the military. But uh, anyway, imagine going to war and you have a bunch of people with uh, profile papers saying they cannot be put in the front of the battle, they're allergic to bullets, Uh, they cannot be put here, they cannot lift heavy loads here, and so on. Imagine having to go to war with that kind of thing. And the Lord has the same situation, brethren. We are Davidians. We are wholly dedicated to the message. Just don't make us do anything to uh, break out of the usual uh, uh, rut of things in our life. Now, how is that possible? How are we going to be ready to go to the kingdom? But we, are, uh, we, we just don't make us do anything different, though. Okay we need to be doing our regular life and then suddenly we will just like go over to the kingdom and we'll be the people that we are supposed to be suddenly it doesn't work like that it takes time to prepare even if we have only months instead of years we still have to have peculiar and rapid changes in our uh, our personalities in our mentalities in our characters it, it, we, it takes time for these things to happen. It takes dedication. It takes a determination to let go, to let go all the way and uh, be uh, 100% uh, for the Lord. Um, the admirable thing about Paul and the other apostles is they gave up everything. He ha- He gave up everything, and we know he gave up his life in the end, But before that, he had no home. He was on the road from one place to another. He had no no certainty of what would happen. He didn't even have a certainty if his ship would get to a certain place or not, though the Lord's hand was over him. So it is that same apostolic faith and uh, dedication that the Lord requires today uh, to become men and women wondered at we have to pay the price and the price is uh simply being willing to uh to give the lord everything everything we have everything that we are that's the price and the what we get in return is everything we we get to have a po- position a part in the most glorious amazing Uh, rescue operation this universe has ever seen. Because the Lord is using all of those who want to be used, all of the ones who wish to be part of the 144,000, he is going to use us to finish this work. We're going to be the instrument that he uses to finish this work. And brethren, there's nothing more wonderful than that. And I'm not Saying that from the position of, uh, oh, isn't that aren't they great people with amazing spiritual power? What I am saying is, you have a chance to make a difference in the lives of so many people who are who have no hope right now. They have a they have they are sick, they are hungry, they are alone, and they don't even have the Lord with them, and it is. Uh, the 144,000 that is going to bring this work to an end in a, a remarkable, amazing way to roll back that whole 6,000 year great controversy and uh, final victory for the Lord. So brethren, that is the great hope to be part of that, to be part of that uh, people that the Lord uses to accomplish these things. And I hope that each one of us will not hesitate to to inquire of the Lord, what would you have me do, Lord? Because it is he that will tell you the answer, no human being. Thank you, brethren. God bless you. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. You can find us online at www.bayshonhill.org and you can call us at 417-835-2162.